This is Carol Steves, and you're listening to Reality Ranch Podcast. Today is Saturday, July 18th, 2020. U.S. America's Election Campaign 2016 Excerpt from the 663rd Contact Report between Pata and Billy from November 6, 2016 Billy, however, I want to ask now, some time ago you told me that in the USA, the most primitive election campaign ever around the U.S. presidency would fortunately be decided thusly that the majority of the U.S. population would vote for the lesser evil by which a world war would be avoided. About that, however, I was supposed to be silent because the walls in the center have ears. Hence, everything would be carried forth into the world and with that also to the USA, which would not be good and could could influence the electoral process in a negative wise if certain elements found out that Clinton will be sawed off in the election and Trump will take the rudder. Pata, it would have been really dangerous if you, you had told anything because a very unpleasant and dangerous uproar would have arisen in certain inner circles of government and in certain secret services if they had heard about what I entrusted to you. <clears throat> it would have brought about election manipulations beyond compare as well as life-threatening attacks against Trump, and indeed in a secret service-wise, as well as from the ranks of fanatical Democrats, he would not have received any help from the Republican Party, even though he belongs to it. Nevertheless, if I want to disclose my opinion on his behavior, I must say that he actually represents a separate party, namely his own, thus his own one-man party, as it were. As you have rightly assessed him, he is, at least as an election campaigner, in his campaign motives, chaotic and a catastrophic human being. But to this I must say, however, that he is otherwise well-meaning and not bad, also in regard to Russia and Putin, with whom he, in an honest wise, wants to strive for a peaceful political, military, and economical agreement. This in contrast to Clinton, who harbors sneaky and evil war thoughts towards Russia, and therefore, firstly, in Syria, wants to carry out military actions against the Russian military fighting there, and even wants to carry out warlike attacks against Russia itself, a fact in regard to her thoughts of attack, which she, as a Putin and Russia-phobe, has been harboring for a long time, and also wants to put into effect. And if she would win the presidential election, then a nuclear war would be an unavoidable. But, but fortunately, this will not come to pass, as I already told you on the 30th of June. Of course, the world will be shocked next Wednesday when Trump wins the election, because his mode of speaking was and is not the most cultivated one. However, he has good basic approaches in various directions, which he, as President of the U.S., intends to bring to fruition if he is not 
interfered with by his advisors and those who are might-obsessed, want to direct him according to their scheme, and most likely also will in certain matters, as this has been the case with all U.S. presidents and will continue to do so. If, however, he succeeds, then he will set out against globalization and against the fact that the USA, as up to now, interferes too much in foreign countries and thereby neglects the order in its own country, but builds it up again. However, time will tell to what extent he will be able to push through his basic ideas, because beside him are all the might-obsessed ones around him who do not let him act according to free will, but who will try to steer him to their own discretion, just as what also was the case with Obama, who was lacking in the necessities to be able to prevail. And because Trump is not really a politician, but a man of business, in this regard, he will have a difficult standing as president in his own area of government. This will also be the case in regard to foreign policy, whereby also the machinations of the EU dictatorship will be the dis be decisive for it, because once he has assumed the presidency, the EU dictatorship will make an effort through renewed negotiations to restore the close relationships and connections with the White House and the U.S. government, which it lost through, this, through his election. And as far as I know, the EU dictatorship will try to pull the USA onto its side and together with it form a political, economic, and military might coalition, whereby already very early a coalition forming will be attempted, indeed, as soon as the first shock has passed, which will hit the dictatorship, which expects that not Tr Donald Trump, but Hillary Clinton to win the election, who stands ingratiating and accommodating towards the EU dictatorship. Billy, we will see what happens, whereby I do not doubt that your prediction from June was right and that the catastrophic human being, that is to say, the lesser evil, will win the U.S. presidency, thus Trump. Once more, a question about Donald Trump. You said that this man is well-meaning, not bad, and in some things completely misinformed. What is to be understood by that? Patah, he is not of low intelligence and not the bad human being that he will be accused of being by his adversaries, who will set upon him and also try to cause rebellion, because none of them know what insidious thoughts and plans his opponent, Hillary Clinton, really harbors, through which she would trigger a worldwide catastrophe if she came into power. And in order for this to happen, deceitful machinations will be initiated after the election, and in order to prove allegedly false election results by which Trump has illegally won his office. However, what will result of this planned deception, this we have not yet fathomed, which is why I cannot give any details to this. As far as the election campaign speeches by Trump are concerned, these are, first of all, just campaign speeches, which must not be understood as effective in their whole form, because the entire radically seeming calling out as you have often described such speeches 
are only partially or not at all to be taken seriously, because as a rule, these are always relativized after taking office. Additionally, Trump is in certain things that he can advocate wrongly informed, as for example, in regard to climate change, as well as Obamacare and other things. Wherefore, however, there is the hope that he will think better of it in this regard. This will, in fact, be the case. Therefore, he listens to reason and will also refrain from non-earnestly meant campaign issues and will revise some wrong values which correspond in his clumsy campaign speeches only to purposeful platitudes. Billy, I see that is what is behind your remark. Pata, which in effect I should have explained better. Billy, which indeed is now done, so don't make a problem out of it. My guest today is Mark Campbell. Mark is a singer-songwriter musician who currently lives in Austin, Texas. Please join me for this most unusual interview. Okay, and Mark, um, where do you live in Texas? I'm in Austin, Texas. Uh, have you been, are you from there? Have you lived there all your life? I'm from Houston, so I'm a, I'm an immigrant, actually. Uh, yeah, I, I, I made I made the trek, and through various obstacles, I made it here. And my story can be found well, basically, by just ignoring any story from me. Uh, anyway, I'm Mark Campbell, and uh, I'm talking to Carol Steves. Thanks for uh, inviting me to the interview. Certainly. And right. And you, when did you become a, uh, uh, familiar with the teaching? It was about 1985. Uh, I was watching TV in Houston, and there was a show called PM Magazine, which was a, a five o'clock kind of uh, um, community show that they would go visit a bootmaker out in the hill country or something like that, and they'd kind of highlight that right before the news. And they had a little uh, item about Shirley MacLaine's book, Out on a Limb. And they showed the, a drawing of the wedding cake ship and said that this was a ship that was seen by her in uh, Peru. A woman named Maya was the pilot, and a Peruvian man was Billy. And so we know now that it was Billy she was talking about, and she hid mm-hmm. it because she didn't want to be associated with the uh, anti-biblical version of, of uh, truth. So that's, uh, that's how I... That's interesting. So I you saw up, it on a TV program. That's really interesting. Actually, I don't remember if it was two episodes of that, where one was about Shirley MacLaine, and I don't remember if he had said, well, now we follow this little link to, to this book called Light Years by Gary Kinder. So that, or maybe it was another episode where they were talking about Billy through the book Light Years. So that was it was actually that show, 
um, and I knew the uh, I'd met the uh, the host of that show uh, just mm-hmm. basically um, you know basically through connections and things like that. It was uh, I think I was looking to get on that show actually eventually, but uh, there it was, and I found the figure. Uh, not directly, but I, I got a message from the Pleiades one through four, and then in 1990, no, see, I was about 1991. Yeah, 1991 is when I started reading the uh, message to the Pleiades, uh, Wendell Stevens, the bad translation, and mm-hmm. then in 2000 I met Guido, Mike Whalen, and Mark Giuliano, midshipmen. And uh, and there was um, Guido's interpreter. I've forgotten her name. Uh, I think she's also Austrian. And she was there translating for Guido. And that's how I got involved. And the next... And was this this in California? No, this was in Las Vegas. Oh, okay. In 2000. And then, or maybe it was 1999. And then the very next... Figu meeting, I had joined up with Figu and made that passive member meeting. So I was there in Schmidruti five times over six years from 2000 to 2006. I see. And I haven't been back for various uh, financial reasons. Basically, that was it. That's it. Uh I get that. And now, of course, we can't go, even if we wanted to, with the, right. with the virus. And so you're a musician, right? Yes. Is that, what, is that what you do full-time for a living? Yes, that's what I used to do. Oh, are you retired? Then? Well, we're all retired now. So what I mean is uh, I'm, I'm still, <laughs> yeah, I'm still a musician, professional okay. musician, mm-hmm, you know, uh-huh. who knows, right? Yeah. Uh, if I oh, figure yeah. a way to do it without performing live, then yes, uh, and and I'll be pursuing that. Uh, but I'm uh, I'm in my 60s, so uh, you know I'm I'm not I'm not the kind of uh, technological technologically current with everything. I don't own a I actually do own a smartphone. I just don't have a uh, a program. So I've been using. Uh, flip phones that are in my car. I'll use a flip phone in my car. I lost it recently. Um, I like the flip phone. It looks like a phone. It fits in your hand. Uh, yeah. Smartphones, they're just weird. You know, they're just strange. I never warmed up to them. And with all the problems involved with them, uh, you know, with texting. Oh, I know. You know, yeah. uh, walking into a fountain, into a public fountain, walking into walls. It's just it just doesn't, you know, and everything's texting. You know, no one will talk to, you, to each other anymore. And now your psychological... Uh, exam will start now. Start texting now. Go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. And they wonder why they have psychological problems is because people won't talk to them. Begin session now. You know, that kind of it, thing. It, I know. It's sad. And I do have a smartphone, of course. Um, that's what I'm recording this, this show on. And But I don't... Um, I'm one of these people that will let my phone die in my car and not even realize I haven't seen it in three days. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't know that that yeah. I had that my phone was gone for four days. Yeah, Lost on I, I Saturday, 
recognized it on uh, on a Wednesday when I needed to make a crucial call and someone that needed a, it was a business call and they couldn't get through because they don't have a name in their phone header so it was uh, blocking the call extremely mm-hmm. frustrating and yeah. uh, you know someday I hope to conquer my frustration with things like that but I, I think I think really I'm coming to a point with the med- meditational life and I'm, I just read something here in, um, is it uh, The Way to Live? And mm-hmm. it was about um, a lack of ambition is actually necessary for meditation. Meditation. Yeah. Uh, the state of the meditation is without ambition, without hope, without wishes, without anxiety and fear. You know, that says it all. And I also it noticed. Does. Go ahead. Um, I'm sorry, someone actually, that a number popped up, someone was trying to call me. But anyway, oh. uh, so I don't need to take it, of course. And um, so what I've noticed is that when I read any of Billy's books, I'm good after a page. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's enough yeah, in a, there. There is. Yeah, in each page. I'll read one yeah. page and it's like, that's giving me enough to think about. It, does. it really has. And, so you know, so think... my reading of these books is extremely slow. Yeah, and okay. I actually stopped mm-hmm. I actually stopped reading um this book uh some time ago. I just just my my studying had uh, just kind of just stopped all of a sudden. And you know, without a course of, you know, some kind of course, a study course that'll happen, you know, you 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 read to a certain point and maybe you don't need everything right away, you know, like uh no you must you know, you can't have your pudding without eating your meat kind of aspect, you know. Yeah. That doesn't exist. You in this case I read as much as I needed and then recently I went back to it and I just started gobbling it up. It just really took I was I was uh malnourished in, in that case. So that's what uh, yeah. that turned out to be. Well, so, yeah, it sounds like you're approaching it pretty naturally, organically. Yeah, that's um, that's really yeah. that's how I do everything, and uh, I you know I I notice that a lot of people in in the figu um, are academically oriented. You know, they're, they've done things in the more prescribed manner, um, and they kind of have different uh, ways of approaching things. I mean, it might seem strange to be not as disciplined with it. But, um, you know, I learn like a mold grows, you know. That's basically how uh, I, I would say, you know, like a, like a culture. <laughs> uh, my, my growth is, is kind of like that. It's exponential. It's not um, predetermined, you know, uh, at least by me in this life. I'm not really uh, trying to, to meet a goal of, uh, of, of progress. I hope for the best. Uh, I do the uh, the twelve point meditation every day. I, I've been saying that for twenty years, at least once a day. What would be a goal of progress? Anyway, a goal of pro- I, mean, I think a goal of progress. Well, I, I do actually have a goal of progress, and that is to uh, to just be more calm about uh, about small things. The big things I have no problem with. You know, oh, coronavirus, we're going to be in this for the next 50 years. It's a cinch. That's a cinch. Oh, and I, I found the answer right here in, in the, the way to live. It says, 
the state of the meditation is without ambition, comma, and that's all I need to read. So in this case, mm-hmm. today, I read half, not even half a sentence, and I'm good. That was the best advice I've had. You know, ambition. Mm-hmm. I've always been suspicious of ambition. <laughs> you know, like, what are you yeah. ambitious for? Mm-hmm. What exactly, you know, is it survival? Is it just for the, the, the necessities and some of the wants? Or when it when it approaches greed, you know, I mean, we, you and I yeah. are in a position in the being in the figure to where we're really seeing Earth humanity from a bird's eye view. Yes, we have the best advice of all, and even though they're human, you know, Billy's human, Pliarans uh, mm-hmm. are human. Uh, they can make mistakes. Sometimes they may not come to a point quickly enough. You know, yeah. maybe, maybe they don't, uh, you know, uh, maybe they have reasons. I've always thought that uh, when Billy and Patel weren't jumping on, on Trump and his very well-known characteristic flaws, character flaws, that mm-hmm. uh, I, I thought there was something wrong there that, that, you know, it frustrated me. But then I thought, okay, well, they they don't always tell us everything. There's something that we don't know. And and the consensus with the uh, the monkey section, <laughs> which which is everybody observing their conversations and commenting on the various discussion boards, uh, were mm-hmm. um, were taking the stance of Trump good, Hillary bad, little blonde lady yeah, bad. I know. Um, and, and and then I- here he is. They've come. They've come through. Years later, almost to the end of his term, and come up with you know scathing remarks about him, which is which yes, is a little late, have. I thought. Well, I was kind of curious now that you know it's funny you bring this up because I I've been thinking about um, Trump and um, how he was perceived in the beginning as not a, not such a bad guy. Didn't they say he was not such a bad guy? Yeah, that's what that's what that's what Patah said, and I thought, well, um, between uh, his home world of Era and Aliatidis, which is another world that's similar to us that he's in charge of, and us, uh, you know, he must have a lot of things to uh, put his attention to, and probably the billionaire wasn't on his top the top of his list. I really think that was a yeah. matter of him not investigating Trump, but well, you and I, I we we've known about that. Trump. Yes, and I and I wondered if maybe they didn't look that deeply into him. You know how they say we have that peculiar um, way on Earth of it seeming one way, and then when they go deeper, it's another. If they look yeah. into us, you know exactly. So I kind yeah. I kind of wondered if that was the case, but you know um, I, I had such mixed feelings because I was when when the election happened because I didn't want either one of them, <laughs> and <laughs> I thought we have no choice. And um, I really didn't want Hillary, and I thought, well, is Trump just the lesser of the two evils? What? <laughs> you know, I, I didn't know how to feel, really. I, I just was so dismayed that this was what we had to choose from. Yeah. And well, I, I didn't think Hillary would be uh, so bad, and, and the warning that she would start a war, I, I really, that what was playing in my head uh, in, in response to that was that, mm-hmm. okay, you know, they have uh, – uh, what, what is it called? 
foreshow, foresight, uh, uh-huh. seeing the future, uh, future vision, yeah. and uh, vorsicht, and uh, you know they could look in the future and to see if uh, did Hillary start any wars? Why? No, she didn't. She didn't start a nuclear war, so they couldn't go in the future and see that she started a nuclear war. But they saw in her that she had maybe some kind of rage. Uh, maybe being a, a, a small person, you know, with yeah. uh, with nuclear capability was, uh, uh, you know, uh, a seduction of some kind, a, a self-aggrandizement. Uh, maybe uh, that would be that would be kind of a, an obvious thing to predict. However, I thought she would get in there and do better. She had experience. She'd been in the White House for eight years. Uh, more than eight years. She worked, you know, not only was she the uh, FLOTUS, but she was also the uh, Secretary of State for Obama. So so there, and, and also I, I might mention right here that uh, I've never been in, in interested in politics whatsoever at all. And with Obama, I didn't have a reason to. You know, everything operated like a well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, actually, it operated like a bunch of people who were in good company. Right. They were all in good company. And so yeah. with Hillary in that, I thought she wouldn't be so bad. I didn't think she would be so bad. And, you know, that's that's my personal opinion. And, uh, you know, they, Patan really right. might agree, you know, with that, with that idea. They might at this point. But this guy is, I mean, I, I knew he would be horrible. I remember thinking when he was making all these political comments in the 90s, I remember being horrified at the thought of him being president. And I knew what a horrible person he was. Yeah. So, you know, he has exceeded any negative expectation. He's been much worse. And um, well, also what I notice is, I, I, I'll mention at this point that, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a Colombian descent. Uh, my mother was from Colombia, South America. So I grew up oh, with white racism against my family. Oh, that's so too bad. So that makes my consciousness just a little different from every other white kid growing up. Um, there was an incident that I remember when I was six years old in downtown Houston on a bus. We were told to sit in the back of the bus. My mother didn't know what that was about. So we were... Uh, bus driver got off and, and, and went and used a phone inside a store, and about 30 minutes later the police showed up and made us get off the bus. Really? So, yeah, I've had that experience. So I'm, I'm actually grateful for that experience. They have a small insight to what uh, you know, people of color have had to deal with, but I am from a, a family of color. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, so you you do have some experience with that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, yeah. Of course, I'm not a person of color, but as I, you know, had a recent conversation on Facebook, um, this the sexism that women deal with. Same kind of stuff. Um, oh yeah. You know that. Yeah, it's so. I think um, any woman that doesn't empathize with with what the uh, with what happens with racism. I don't know if they're living in a bubble or if, you know, they, I I don't know of any woman that I've ever talked to, no matter what class she came from. You know, I was watching something the other day that even when women, um, back before they had the vote, right, women either had a life of boredom or or constant drudgery. 
there wasn't anything in between. You know, either they were school, if they were sent to school, it was finishing schools when they finally got to go to school, and they learned which fork to use and how to sit and, you know, how to paint, you know, watercolors and that kind of thing. And they, they, they wild away their days, and, oh, my gosh, their lifestyles may look glamorous in some kind of, you know, um, um, period movie that you see, but they were quite boring. And they weren't allowed. Oh to right, them, yeah, and the, and really? and the men didn't yeah. want their husbands didn't want them to bother them in any way or to worry them. Yes, to want them out and of mind. The, exactly, and then the the women in the lower class, it was just constant drudgery. Too many children, too much work. You know, they had no time to themselves to even think about um, becoming something more. So I was looking at that and going, well, which one is worse? They're both awful. They're both. I, because I think being bored is worse than even working all the time. Just you know, where you're, I can't, you know, stuck in a room, and all you're able to, all you're allowed to do is needlework, and and you can only read certain things, and that just sounds horrible to me. So. Well, and it it, it always uh, is a bit of a mystery to me to me how uh, some people seem to not be able to find hobbies and anything that they're interested in because. Ever since an early age, they've uh, been busied themselves with reaching a status quo and reaching marks, um, and then they don't know what they like. Uh, for me, I've done the opposite. I did none of that, and all I've done is just seek what I liked. Uh, my music career has uh, consisted of me basically playing what I wanted to play. Uh, I remember from... I guess about the start of the millennium, about 2000. Around 2006, I remember finding myself just playing what I wanted to play, kind of obscure songs by known artists, but, you know, I preferred to do the ones that I liked to do rather than the hits. Uh, And then, of course, my own songs. The reason I'm mentioning this is that I think that the impulse that goes along with what you're doing, um, whether you're projecting outwardly or you're reading or taking something in like a movie or anything like that, uh, is much better when you get very, the more specific that you can be to, to go into your interests. And when I started, I remember when I was a, a child, I, I had several goals. One of them was to know the truth about Loch Ness Bing, done, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And to know about UFOs, ding, 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 ding. I'm hitting all marks now. And then yeah. uh, then the next one was, what was the other one? Well, just the mysteries. I want to know about all the mysteries. With a figure, yes. I'd, I'd found that. And uh, I remember showing an ad in a magazine to my dad. I must have been 18, maybe 17. And I said, Dad, I want to, I want to join this. And it was, it turned out to be a Rosicrucian thing. It was an ad for, had this drawing of a guy standing on a cliff looking into a giant eye instead of a sun, and it was the Rosicrucian thing. And it was like, yeah, it's a school, you know. They send you courses. So, it turns out that I was actually looking for the figure. Yes. And my dad talked me out of, you know, taking part of that. And uh, as it turns out, one of my Colombian uncles uh, was was actually a member of the Rosicrucian Order. And when he loaned me a, a couple of books about it, I, I 
figured out it wasn't for me because it was religious-based. Right. Well, that's how we find out, isn't it, by exploring yeah, oh yeah. what we want yeah. what we want, and what we don't want. Well, I'm, I'm glad that I had a little uh, uh, experience in a religious school because it, uh, uh, I, I might not have ever read the Bible. You know, which was useful later on. It'd be useful to to have a background in knowing about it. At least, although I wasn't really into it, I went for two years, seventh and eighth grade, in a Lutheran school in Houston. Okay. And um, that was, and, and it was also good to be in a small school. There was one of each class, so uh, you know, I got to be one of the ba- I got to be one of the bad kids for a change. <laughs> so that was really quite an experience being in that. And then also my music, uh, I had my first band there. That's that's when my music started. It was a nice environment. Uh, it, uh, it it started out because my brother had just been uh, a, a victim of gang violence at his public school. So my parents put me in that school <clears throat> to do that, and, uh, and that was good. And then I experienced a little bit of, uh, I had six months of, uh, a similar school, so that's what it was. I went the first six months of seventh grade. I was in a public school, and um, I remember the black kids protected me against the what was called the skinhead white kids. Oh, and they would intervene on them picking on me. So yeah, that's yeah. Uh, and, and here here we have a very. Uh, Primitive society. Uh, American society is extremely primitive. Yes, it, it is. It is very primitive. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I see the way that, that that people communicate with each other even, you know, and, and, you know, I'm guilty of it too. You know, I get, I get into the same uh, uh, mud puddle with them. You know, because I'm an American. I'm an American, and I don't bother. I don't mind speaking up. I'm not bothered by speaking up. You know, I, 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 you might have noticed I use some swear words. Well, you know, they can they can edit me. They can they can edit me. I'm angry. You know, I'm angry about what's what they've allowed to happen in our government. This is it's obscenely obvious. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it is. It really is. It's it's it's. It's more than shocking, you know, and uh, I wonder where the, uh, the the actual government of the United States, the the central government, uh, is on this. You know, they're 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 the ones with all the spooks. Why don't you know? Why don't they spook something into it? Why don't they do something? You know, uh, because they're probably trying to absolutely destroy the USA, and they want to. Uh, uh, be there to restructure it or something. They've got something in mind, I'm sure, but it's extremely it seems that way, doesn't it? It yeah. does seem that way. You know, they yeah. could they could have ended Trump, you know, easily. One episode of any television show could be about that. Any CIA show could be about that. Mm-hmm. You know. Do you uh, mean do you mean by ending him? Do you mean assassination? Is that what you're talking about? No, uh, they, they can do any number of things. I would, I would never insinuate the assassination of a president or of any person. 
But well, they I could, thought uh, you meant they just could, not that you were advocating it. Oh, no, the, they, they, yeah. they, of course they just could do that. clear. Yeah. Sure, a, a chef clear. at the White House could do it. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, but that's I, not what I'm I talking just, about. I'm talking about they can okay. move things around if they're the actual central government. Then I'm sure I'm sure McConnell knows about them. Yeah. They're probably who, you know, and and he's actually, as far as I see it, he's actually the president of the United States. He's got more power than any president. He's been there in that position for thirty years. Yeah, I know. I find the whole thing incomprehensible, what's happening. I just um, – and, it, and it's kind of a hopeless feeling, isn't it? Because um, – You know, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Uh, if, if Trump wins again, I'm not going to be politically active as I am now. You know, I'm fighting. But I'm fighting to the November 3rd end of this year, not to the November 3rd of 2024. Well, what do you think is going to happen? Do you have any, you know, what do you think is going to happen? Do you, do you have any I think, ideas? Uh, I think I think that uh, we'll get ready for this comment, okay? Okay. Because are you sitting down? I am sitting down. Oh, <laughs> good. Um, <laughs> I think that Biden will win and that they will start, you know, first of all, the uh, the people with all the guns will start shooting children again, and it'll be like, They'll, they'll go after the children first. They'll show their lowest side, the lowest of the low, and they will roam the streets like wild animals, and they'll kill everything in sight. They'll, they'll go hunting for – it'll be time to hunt for Democrats. A war will start because Democrats, because liberals will defend themselves, and the defense of themselves will be, of course, viewed by – the right-wing conservatives, gun carriers, gun mm-hmm. users, yeah. as being an act of war, us defending ourselves. Oh, they dared to defend themselves. Oh, they raised a weapon. You know, we came up and we walked upon them and they were shooting at us. And, you know, and they don't mention that, of course, they were hunting the, the liberals, you know, while, while the liberals were shooting at them. That's the yeah. reason why the liberals were shooting at them is because they were hunting liberals and this there's a movie that came out i think it's called the hunt and of course it's about it's about liberals hunting uh, republicans now how about that oh boy you know if there's any way to stoke a fire this this government as well as you know media and everything else i don't see the media as being evil you know, it, the media is what it is. You know, you know that the dollar sign is at the beginning, at the end of everything that they do. Yeah. That's everybody mm-hmm. knows it. But yeah. for the government to say that they're the enemy, oh hell no. They're oh, just Jesus. a tool. They're a tool. Well, that doesn't yeah. shock me actually. Um, I'm very concerned about what it's going to look like after the election. Um, yes. Very concerned, and I it's, I feel it in my gut that this is building into something not good. It just yes. and I see, and of course, you know what I see going on out there confirms that. So no, what you say doesn't shock me at all. I tend to think the same thing that it's not it's going to be very dark. Well, you know they they those people don't care how they look. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they don't care how they look. You know, it's. 
it's hard to put into words. And I don't like to say everything that's on my mind about it because sure. I'm an American citizen, and I don't want to say that America is a, a terrible country. But uh, the American people are, I, I, I would assume, about half of American people are the most horrible people e- even possible. And part of the horror of the American people is they think they're so much better than everybody else. That's the beginning of it. And they, and they, they, they judge yeah. people that they know nothing about. They're the kind of people that, that um, don't bother thinking. Yeah. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, my, dad, my dad's American, you know, just 100% American. Um, he was uh, a, a great Spanish speaker. Uh, he met my mother down there when he was working. Uh, he had such a great Spanish vocabulary. He understood German. He took it in high school, so uh, it helped to structure his mind for languages. And he mm-hmm. was so specific about Spanish language that it, it, was, it was just a real sign of high intelligence. I don't really know why I brought that up, but uh, it's okay. It's all interesting. I think it's well. It's part of who you are, and yeah, um, yeah. And then we lived in uh, in Spain uh, during the '60s, at the end of the '60s, uh, twice. That we lived there and went to school there, and, um, and it helped to it helped to it helped to format my mind for being a world citizen. You know, I mean, I'm a citizen of the world. Why not? And then yeah. Americans are so. Oh no, I'm a uh, I'm such an American. I've never been out of Texas. <laughs> There's such an attitude there, and I go, oh mom. Oh, you poor thing, and you're proud of it. You know, it's it's just wow. I'm a Texan. You know, it's it's somebody's got. We got to be from somewhere. But people are right. like, it's. It, I mean, there are actually bands that have nothing but songs about Texas. And for me to mention that is a revocation of my license to you know be a Texas musician. I surrender. Okay. Oh no. Okay. I didn't realize that that they play nothing but songs about Texas. It's uh, hmm. it's a little daunting, but it's like, oh no, they didn't. Are, are they going to do it again? Oh boy, they're <laughs> writing a song. They're, they're they're singing a song about you can't play fiddle and you can't play music unless you got a fiddle in the band. Then they're playing you can't play music unless it's about Texas. And then here's another one: if if you ain't Texas, you ain't something. Oh. Anyway. Yeah, it's it's a mindset, and it's like the the more rural you are, the more, you know, no, we's just about us's and our friends's, you know. I mean, yeah, please. So, how are things in Austin? You know, you're you're kind of eyes on the ground. You must go out a little bit, right, here and there to get your groceries and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um how it, you know, it's how um. This is a liberal town. Mm-hmm. I've been there once, so yes, that's long, it's been a while ago. And uh, you know, it's more of a free-thinking town, but there are there are a lot of uh, red hat people here too. And it's just mm-hmm. I don't, you know, of course. So you got a mix yeah. of things going on, probably like we do here. People wearing masks, people not wearing masks. Yeah, we had a 
we had a friend in um, Arizona tell us that he he lives in Scottsdale and he was in a store wearing a mask and someone came up and ran into him with didn't have a mask on and said oh you're one of those huh and I said man that does not bode well for what's coming just little things like that you well know, people are going to have we're all going to have to learn about you know how to get how to to, to get along and, and survive in in this environment with these people because mm-hmm. uh you know, we're not we're not going to be able to do that. We're not going to be able to uh, to police each other. It's not a good idea. People are dying daily for it. Yes, yes, they are. So, so. every you know, the, the only thing we can really do is just get out of their way, move out of their way. You know, uh, I, I have I have something that uh, I use to. to to help people understand kind of what's going on because, you know, we're fortunate. We understand that this is going to be on us a long time. Other people are expecting yeah. or they were expecting for things to go back to absolutely normal in July at least. I know. Long, they were trying They were trying to force it. Yeah, in, in a long game, they would say mm-hmm. possibly August. Uh, yeah. Psychologically, <laughs> that's just not going to help because no. – it's just going to cause more and more frustration. Now, but what I like to tell people is that, you know, things happen, yeah, but there's another, there's another way of looking at it. Pompeii happens. What are you going to do? Who are you going to call when you're a Pompeian? One day you're a Pompeian, and the next day you're not. Yeah. It's over. And, you know, you, what, what are you going to say? You know, what are you going to do? That's really as as bad as it gets, you know, is that you have to really look at it like, well, you know, not everybody has the good luck of never having a problem, live their whole lives, never have to fight a war, never have to uh, lose a limb from fighting in a war, and then the next thing you know, we're in that situation. That's always been the way it is. Some people have to live through world wars, some people don't. We're going to live through a civil war, it looks like. I would be really pleased if they said, well, the civil war didn't happen. Yeah. We're close to it, and we still have to be careful. But you know, I I would like to hear from from Billy that mm-hmm. you know it's been called off in some way, or that it's not going through like it was. I don't know that that's not a possibility, but of course, I don't expect it. You you don't expect it to be called off? You mean? Yeah. Yeah, I don't either. It seems yeah, like I mean, it's, it's already here in so many ways, you know, yeah. and you know, well, having friends. No coming... yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say there just seems to be no coming together, meeting of minds. Well, in some ways it, we are. I mean, uh, my drummer voted for Trump. Should I even be saying that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> So yeah, he voted for Trump, but he's he was a he's a retired fireman. So you know, it, mm-hmm. what I've known is that you know they're they're a lot like police officers. A lot of the people that stay in it for twenty five years and get their pensions, you know, they have that kind of mindset. You yeah. know of, you know it's it's very much a right wing mindset. But his family, everyone in his family, tried to warn him. I tried to warn him. 
and his mm-hmm. uh, opinion was just, oh, he's going to drain the swamp, you know, and just go yeah. down the list of all the things he's going to do. Uh, he doesn't denounce Trump, and I can understand that because his friends are com- comprised, you know, his firemen brothers are comprised of even more right-wing comprised of uh, of that mainly so you know that that's certain kind of mindset those are the kind of people who think burning building sure i'll go run into that i'll do that you know we're lucky we have them but they can they still tend to be very right-wing and they really go for that kind of uh that kind of politics so if we do break into five territories Yes. Have you, I'm sure you've thought about that, right? Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's um, obvious that California will be the hub of one of those groups. And, and obvious what do you to think, me. Yeah, I think so, too. I've thought that all along. And how do you, do you have any thoughts on how you think the rest of the country will break, will break down, do you know what I mean, into the different territories? That's something yes. I'm very curious about. Well, Arizona, and, and and it's. I'm not saying that I don't uh, appreciate their uh, their guidance of telling us that we should right. move to a certain area, a certain mm-hmm. range of an area in in uh, in Arizona. Mm-hmm. But it's an extremely red state. Yes, it That's is. That's concerned me. Uh, Colorado seems like it would be uh, a better place to move, but I think that they were more concerned about uh, Mount St. Helens erupting again or Yellowstone. Yeah, uh, maybe. Although maybe they both? said it was, they said it had to do more with religion. Oh, I see. As far as, as, um, as far as, at that time when they made the statement which is you know a while back yes. that it would be the best place because of the religious influences and understand it but you can't really beat something into somebody's head you know you can't get them no. interested in it you know i'm i'm also a uh, uh a hobbyist in uh finding anomalies in the Mars photographs, you know, from the uh, rovers, Curiosity rover, Spirit rover, all those rovers that are taking pictures. And, the, uh, uh, of course, the problem in, with, you know, this stuff and the FIGU is that, you know, Billy and Patov said that, you know, there's nothing left on Mars. When you go to Mars, there's not going to be one screw, bolt, nut or bolt left on the ground from their former cultures. They've all been removed by the Syrians. And that's not what I'm seeing in these uh, in these photographs. I'm seeing the exact yeah. opposite. There's not only tons of archaeological evidence, but there's also current activity there. And of course, if some of it can be falsified, some of it is falsified. Some of it is photoshopped there, and there, whoever's doing that is using the plausible deniability of, let's say that there's a wrecked spaceship or a wrecked tank or a wrecked vehicle of some kind and next to the wrecked vehicle there's a woman in a bikini and she's holding a platter of bananas 
Okay, well, that just proves it, that everything mm-hmm. that's in this photograph is false, including the dirt. And they've even done that. There's a, a, a Photoshop technique that they've used where if you zoom in to the, just the dirt, you'll see millions of tangled naked bodies. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And, and oh. it's their way of just saying, no, we control what you see. Welcome to the Twilight Zone. Yeah. So when you said you think there's activity, you did, I want to see if I'm, I heard you right. Did you say you think there's activity going on on Mars? Yes. Yeah, and they've got, there, there's evidently um, some sky ships, wouldn't say they're spaceships, but they're, they're flying vehicles of all kinds, and some of them appear to be primitive. It's almost as if their technology that's typical for them would be based around uh, magnetism, you know, flying, flying carpets. Let's just call it the flying carpet technology, whatever that would be. Okay. And some okay. of the vehicles look like, I don't know what they're made out of. You know, there's, there's some of them that look like they're, you know, beat out of sheet metal and things like that. Some of them are quite... Uh, extraordinary looking and some of them are very primitive looking and uh, you know it's hard to determine just exactly what's real on mars but it's something that i like to do i like to to Mm -hmm. to find out about it and i have you know some of the knowledge that i have from figu uh, Mm -hmm. history of mars history of earth uh plays into it and i can you know detect some of those things and for what they are there's a lot of uh, visitors over there. There's, there's different kind of visitors. Found uh, uh, black races, um, some alien races. So are you yeah. saying you think there's colonies there? Oh, yeah. Now? Yeah, it, apparently on Mars that there is... Uh, uh, well, what I've found from investigating, of course, when you're looking on the Internet, you know, you don't really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't really know if, if they're true or if it's just some well-concocted fiction. But evidently, there, we've had uh, American forces there, military forces from the 60s or 70s, and that they've been there. Uh, some of those things you would read would say that they were, they've been in war with the Greys and all this. I don't know. Um I've I've seen uh, some evidence of wars. There are definitely war machines. There are uh, cannons situated in the mountains, different kind of weapons. There's even guns, some guns, handguns and rifles that have been seen. Um, Vehicles that look suspiciously like earth vehicles that are just transplanted there. Some of them are even very old. It's almost as if they got some free vehicles and transported them to Mars and just kept them running. Like from okay. the 40s, even. Yeah, even cars from the 40s, like, for example, which would indicate that they took used cars back when they first got there, which, which means if there were cars from the 40s or 50s and they got there in the 60s or 70s, that's what you call a used car. So do you think that Mars has an atmosphere then? Yeah, evidently it does. I think it does. I think that uh, NASA's been lying to us uh, 
about the exact status of Mars. I think they've they've known since the '60s that we're up there, that we're, we're we've had a presence there. And also, um, Billy said that. Well, Billy has some photographs that he took of mm-hmm. an American military satellite above Mars. It was from the '60s. And he went up there in the 60s and photographed it, had an American flag on it, did not say NASA. So that's one, one aspect of it. There's another film, which, of course, could be falsified, of a uh, 60s visit to Mars. I don't, I don't know how real it is. I've seen it before. It looks like it could possibly be, you know. But yeah, with these photographs, um, you know, and, and, and I'm going to pair this with the, you know, the – Figu perspective, and in the Figu, there's you know Figu members, and then there's other Figu interested people. You know the Figu friends, I'll call them. Well, right. That there's there's an there's a inclination for Figu friends, especially to just take everything that they that that Billy says as being law, and and nothing else will. You know, it can't possibly be wrong about it or anything. Um, and, mm-hmm. and that's not the attitude that uh, Billy or the Pleiarans would suggest to any of us. No, yeah, exactly. I've been doing uh, that for and, years. That's that's just uh, uh, right. It, it's completely got my interest. It's so much fun. I found. I mean, on a daily basis, I'm going. Holy smokes! Look what I just found. Oh, dinosaurs. Okay. Billy said that there were large predators on Mars, and I was wondering why I was coming up with photographs of dinosaurs. I was wondering. Hmm. And they're not only the kind that we recognize, you know, from our books and movies, but others that we've never seen before or maybe that have existed here on Earth as well, but we've never seen before because they just never haven't been found yet. There's some extremely large ones. I got a picture of a crocodile. It's a crocodile snout that's just coming over the uh, a mountain ridge or a hill ridge. So you can only see this giant long crocodile snout. And that's what it is. It's a crocodile snout. Could it have been photoshopped? Who knows. <laughs> hmm. But these things are all over Mars and and there's too many of them and and they've been covered up, you know, they're the people who process these photographs, they do cover them up. They do a washing. They do a scrubbing. They blur things all the time. They rockify. They rock shop. They, what's called rock shopping. Things they'll take, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some something that they don't want you to see, and they'll make it look like it's a rock. So that you'll see a rock that looks like a creature, or you'll see a rock that looks like something else, a vehicle or something, an animal. Yeah, and it's and, extremely and, interesting. So, so what am I doing? I, I started out in the pandemic not doing anything. I, I, I rent. I, I, bought, I didn't rent. I bought some videos at uh, half price books, and just got a mm-hmm. stack of videos to watch. Mostly TV series, science, sci-fi TV series. I'm a real fan of uh, Sci-Fi Network, um, so I just watched those. And just whatever I could do here, um, I had a, a, a dry period in writing, so I'm, I'm really not, uh, not, I hadn't been writing a lot of things up until just recently I started uh, 
putting more ideas down. So I always keep a, a tape uh, recorder handy to, to take down my ideas. So I'm an I'm a aggregate of my ideas. That's what I'm doing. Um, I'm looking forward to starting over is what it, what it amounts to. And that will uh, include, you know, doing some live performances, on, you know, from here. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about just building a little stage kind of area and, you know, just building something that I can perform in. But I, I really don't I, – I, I don't really care to do that. I mean, it's not like, oh, boy, I get to do a gig from my home. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll like it after I start it. Maybe. But so many people seem to like it, and there's some some really great ones. So you're just going to find out whether you do or not? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's for everybody, you know, to, to sit at mm-hmm. home and, and do a concert. But then again, uh, for for years, I haven't been playing a lot at home. It's uh, it, I live in an apartment. So I don't, uh, you know, I don't pick up my guitar and play all the time because I'm, I'm fortunate that my uh, neighbors I've had for a while on all sides, you know, don't torture me with, you know, their disco music and whatever, you know. Right. And I don't so you, play loud so music try to here. Do in kind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm not playing a lot of music here because I live in an apartment. Mm-hmm. Basically, is what it boils mm-hmm. down to. So I'm not used to. Uh, playing a lot, and uh, because of all this, I hope to change all that. You know, I want to. I want to play daily. I want to start. Uh, you know, pick up my guitar daily and 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 do some work. Um, and, you know, I used to do that, and and things kind of uh, you know modified as I got older, and yeah. It sounds terrible, you know. Once once you once I go back and think about it and, and say it, you know, but it's true. Why does it sound terrible? Well, because, you know, we're Americans. We should be ambitious and always be plugging, you know, always be plugging towards the, you know, the third rental home, the oh, third house well, to buy and flip. Excuse me. I need to write it. Uh, <laughs> I, need, I need to go grab my guitar and put an idea so I can buy my fourth rental property. Yeah, I of know. course, it'll be about baked beans, but, you know, we don't have to mention <laughs> that. Can you go back and, and, yeah, it'll be a baked bean commercial. Could you edit that out of the uh, the transcript, Carol? <laughs> you know. <laughs> you want me to? Sure. <laughs> baked beans. I hope it's bushes. Oh, you're funny. So well, where, are you fi- where are you where are you finding those... Um, Photographs of the mar. I would like to. Oh, okay, yeah. On fa- on Facebook, so there's a diff- there's uh, some very good sites. The best one is called Martian Genesis. That's okay. run by a, a British graphic designer named Martine Graney, and uh, she's a good person too. You know, she gets in and converses with everybody that makes a comment. She's not untouchable. You know, she'll. Right. If you have an idea about what you think someone is, and and believe me, you know you get some of those Jay Leno's comments. I see three people; they're sharing a vanilla ice cream cone. You know, really, you know, 
And it's a grainy <laughs> thing. It's, how do these people come up with this? You know, it's pareidolia to its finest. It's like looking at clouds except for, you know, they'd be clouds on Mars if they were clouds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and, and, uh, <laughs> and I don't usually give my opinions because everything that I've said would, have, would be in relevance to what I've learned from the Figu about the Syrian presence and all this, you know. Like, yeah. I think that, you know, Sirius, uh, Mars is basically a, uh, a serious imbued place. You know, that's what I've learned. So that's what I look for. And then there would be the languages that would be associated with Sirius. Now, how would I find the language associated with Sirius? Would I watch Stargate, the TV series? Probably not. No. But they might know something because they were, you know, involved in doing research about these things. So there's that then what would serious? Well, what I'd like to do is I like to get very literal. Like, on Earth, what country would be closest to Sirius, the Sirius oh, star? Would yeah. it be Syria? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would be Syria. I, that's what logic tells me. So we're looking at yeah. the Middle East. We're looking at Arabic languages. And now mm-hmm. uh, today I found out that uh, United States, China, and United Arab Republic are all going to Mars at the same time. In fact, they probably have already, yeah, about now. I mean, it's going to happen. They're sending their, you know, drones there now all together. So we ought to have more information, but that doesn't mean we'll have more information. It may be even a tighter reign over the truth about Mars because of what they find. And then, of course, you know, when you introduce the dollars, which would mean people moving there, then we're talking about extreme manipulation of knowledge yeah. and what's to be known. I, I, I would hate to think that people are going to, you know, people that have a phobia of dinosaurs, you know, would be moving to a planet of dinosaurs. I mean, <laughs> when you think about it, you know. Yeah. From what I see, there's a lot of dinosaurs there, and I've seen what I've seen there is pretty extraordinary because I go after this. I really go after these photos. I've seen all kinds of animals, known and unknown. Our ankles. It just the the problem like... problem with religiousness is it doesn't start with the religion itself. It doesn't stop with the religion because it inf- it goes onward to infect you know infect the culture th- that we're in by mm-hmm. loyaltyism you know patriotism what is patriotism you know and then we've always had these blind people in America that think that you know that if if the military tells you now we want you to take this rifle up here, we want you to kill your mother, and we want you to blow her head straight off. Do you understand? And then here you are, here you'd be as a soldier, killing your own family because they told you to do so. That scenario, you know, would exist. Yeah. And there are people that are that you know it's a form of their their military is a form of their religion. Yeah, I see and that's, that. It's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And me saying that would be an extreme uh, assault on their their culture, and vice versa. They're assaulting mine. You know, uh, uh, human race has come a long way, and we're at the cusp of being able to ent- to to 
completely enter the age of knowledge rather than the age of belief. But -hmm. it's going to come with some pains. Oh, yeah. Yes, indeed it is. Well, it's been really nice talking to you. You're an interesting guy. You oh, thank you. Same of, to you, Carol. Of seeing, saying things and and seeing things. And um, my podcast comes out on Friday. Usually okay. Friday afternoon. I, I post it on my page. And you'll get a link. Now, because you've um, participated, um, there'll be a link sent to you. Okay, good. So, thank you. I'll look forward and, to it. And uh, uh, is there anything else that that you think we ought to cover before we hang up? I don't know. Is there anything you think we should cover? Because I kind of uh, just really open, just going, what's going to happen, you know? <laughs> right, What are they right. going to say? <laughs> well, we can always add to it, you know, with uh, as a conversation to the link, yes, I suppose. And, uh, Absolutely. I just think that there's there are things that we're going to have to watch for in uh, in all regards, and if there's any any way that we can uh, communicate with maybe larger factors that we didn't think we could, like I think that uh, Michael Horn ought to con- uh, contact uh, Dr. Fauci. I wonder I if he's that already done that. He has. Has he? S- Done it successfully? I don't, no, no. I said I wonder if he's already done that. I, well, I do Dr. Fauci needs figure information. All these letters. Yeah. Yeah. He well, he he needs. Uh, I, I think other people need to help besides Michael Horn. Oh yeah, think, and there are think people that, writing letters. Yeah. There are. Well, then yeah. I'll write Dr. Fauci. I'll try to you know send emails and idea. things like that at first. I'll. I'll, I'll write letters to Dr. Fauci about this information, saying that you're missing the, the most cutting-edge information of all. Mm-hmm. And maybe not, me- mention, not mention at first that it's from aliens, not mention it at all. Why should we mention that it's from aliens? What, to stop it? Right. Yeah, I to know. To stop the that's... interest in it? You know, that's a good way to, to, to preempt it, of course, is to just mention mm-hmm. aliens. Yeah, that'll work every time. Well, and, unfortunately, it's not the case. Yeah. Well, thank you, Carol. Thank you, Mark. And uh, also on your – is there a way to find your your um, previous podcasts? Yeah. Uh, interviews? Um, yeah, you go to um, anchor.fm. Okay. Like, you know, like Ship Anchor, and then just look for Reality Ranch Podcast. Okay, Reality Ranch. Anchor uh, – what is it again, Anchor – it's anchor.fm. Okay. And then um, when you get there, just, just search Reality Ranch. Okay. And what I will do is I will post, I'll do a couple of posts of uh, uh, just kind of a best of the Mars photographs, and I'll do that to my Facebook page. Oh, great. I would, I I'll really do that now. That. In about the next five minutes, okay. expect to see this, okay? Okay. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much, Thanks Carol. Nice talking, talking to you. To me. You too. Okay, bye. bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Reality Ranch Podcast. Most of the music in this episode was recorded by Mark Campbell. You can find Mark's music on his Facebook page 
under his name, Mark Campbell, or his band name, Soul Shaker. Until next week, Salome.
classic revolution.